Coming up on today's swim episode. Is that they allow for upgraded experiences per the level of ticket you buy. So let's say you're selling a $5 ticket, but also you want to sell them a $15 ticket option where you, yes, you get the ticket to the stream, but I'll also send you a free copy of my of my seven inch that I recently. This is Swim Success with Music. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You are listening to the Success with Music podcast. My name is Walt, and I am your music coach. And this is a podcast for singers, songwriters, beat makers, music students, music producers. Hey, we are about that music life. Hey, and I appreciate you listening to the show. Again, this is SWIM. That's short for Success with Music. Hey, today we have a very, very special guest, and we'll get to that in just a moment. And the reason why this particular show is important is because it deals with the current reality of where we all live. And that is the reality of this ridiculous coronavirus, this COVID-19 stupidness. When I launched some episodes months back now, I, I was hoping that this whole corona thing would be a thing of the past at some point. But here we are still dealing with it and talking about it. And I really don't want to focus on that. So I'm not going to be a downer. But today I want to talk about or actually our guest will talk about how to deal with the current reality of keeping your music career afloat as this current crisis wears on. How do you um, still do shows? How do you still sell products? How do you still engage fans? And that's really where we're going to be today for our episode. So this is a very important episode if you're trying to figure out how to get out there and still be very active and be lucrative, hopefully, as a musician. So this is episode 61. And the reason why I'm calling this out is because I want you to take a look at some show notes once we're done on our website. Our website is successwithmusic.com. Again, that's successwithmusic.com. You know what? Let's go ahead and just get into the show because you're going to get some amazing information. Let's do it. All right, Swim Team, we are back today with a special, special episode. And this episode today is really important to me, and I think it's going to be important to you guys because of the current climate here in the country and most certainly for you listeners around the world. This is impacting you as a musician. If you're trying to get out there and you're trying to, you know, hold concerts, you're trying to uh, get your audience engaged, if you're trying to figure out how to tour, if you're trying to figure out how to get that engagement, this is the episode for you today. So please take notes. Um, make sure that uh, you be prepared to uh, go to some sites that we're going to give you here in just a moment uh, because I want to introduce a gentleman who has insight and helpful insight that will get you to where you need to go. His name is Jack Foreman. And Jack is with Bi Coastal Productions. And Jack is an expert on all things related to booking, all things related to concerts, all, thing rela- all things related to getting you out there and getting you back into the groove of things with respect to your budding music career. So with that, Swim Team, welcome to the show, Jack Foreman. Hey, Jack, thank you so much for taking the time uh, today to, to really share your knowledge. Hey, Walt. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Absolutely. So 
in typical fashion, when I have a specialist on the show, I like to do less talking. <laughs> so I would like for you to to really take over today and help us to understand um, the current environment that we're in. So I'll maybe start it off and maybe have you jump off from the the point of the obvious. We have been impacted severely by COVID-19, this whole corona craziness. How is this impacting the state of live events, doing shows, getting out there and gigging? What are you seeing? It's impacted it completely. Uh, and in recent in recent months, or I guess in recent weeks, more like it, mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of need for innovation. And with that need has come tremendous invention and innovation when it comes to the way we consume live performances. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as things begin opening up and returning, Promoters, presenters, venues, and any kind of person that could ever present a concert, they're all having to find these alternative ways of reaching their audiences. And artists are having to get a lot more crafty and creative with what they're doing, you know, with all this interesting downtime. Um, you know, if, they, if they're able to sustain their livings and feed their families, then they have a tremendous opportunity to use this time as an incubator for creative uh, creation, for lack of a better term. I mean, sure. There's really so much out there, and now with the evolution of streaming platforms and concerts that um, are being presented in alternative ways, there's really just all these exciting new innovations and inventions that allow for these artists to really really stay out there, even when uh, the theaters are cut down, and if they are going back out there and people are still nervous about going out and buying tickets. So it's, it's really... As, as crazy as it was and as scary as it was in the beginning and as mm-hmm. uh, big a hit as we all took during this time... Um, as things start getting back little by little, you know, we we have to look towards the future and maybe let go a little bit of what we were used to in the past. Right. And, and that makes sense. We just have to uh, unfortunately deal with this reality. And honestly, I'm still having a hard time getting my head around what it means uh, for just us as individuals just going to the store or what have you. But of course, you know, this is a music podcast and and. and a lot of us would like to get out to venues and to coffee shops and to clubs and and what have you. And it seems like what was uh, seems like it will not be. So what are some things that you've been thinking about or coming up with with respect to this new place that we're in? How can an artist? Well, let me back up. I'll ask a different question. Can an artist thrive in this current environment? They can if they are willing to drop a lot of their comfort zones. And for mm-hmm. some artists, it may be completely their comfort zones to you know go live from a strange space or go live from their living room or mm-hmm. um, really experiment with different types of streaming services. Uh, but some of the artists who've never even fathomed that for their careers are starting to drop that comfort level and mm-hmm. really experiment with it. So that's you know, if you're not doing that and you're just waiting around for things to come back, you know, power to you. But I know for myself and for the artists that I'm currently advising and representing, mm-hmm. I'm really not advising that. I'm advising, you know what, if if you're not going to go live and if you're not going to do streaming, spend this time to create great content and mm-hmm. find new ways of engaging your fans because it's 2020, you know, and the mystique of an artist has changed quite drastically over the past 10, 15 years when it sure. comes to social media. And you know what? A lot of it has fallen away, whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing. That's a common debate in our industry. But I, I know I know my artists are starting to all step a lot more out of their comfort zones. And as 
as we become more aligned with certain streaming platforms and get involved with certain companies who are doing this, and it, it's really exciting to be quite honest. We're even when shows come back, I, I have a strong belief that there's going to be a hybrid of streaming and um, and live live seats at the actual venues, but maybe some of them will be ticketed as a stream where you buy a ticket and you watch the show from home. Sure. So for those of us who are smaller acts, uh, smaller bands, uh, you know, less known than some of the, the, the bigs out there, my concern is, sure, the streaming may be a good option, but, you know, if you were just doing a regular show down at, you know, X, Y, and Z club in town or bar, odds are you'll just have random people showing up that night and maybe checking out your show. And, you know, you, who knows, you can probably flip, flip them into a, a fan or maybe sell some merch and things like that. So my point being is that if I am a smaller artist, I don't have a huge platform. So let me give you a quick uh, example, right? So Timberland and uh, Swiss Beats, they have this, you know, whole versus battle on on, on IG and 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 right. people are just flocking to it by the thousands and there's a lot of social buzz around it. It's been a really great experience uh, for most of the artists, uh, Teddy Riley being an exception, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But the point is, these well-known names, they're able to just bring a lot of people in. It's very encouraging, I think, in, just, in terms of just the engagement. Let's say I'm not that big. I don't have that platform like a Timberland or a Swiss Beats. And I'm just the small artist, and I really thrive on what was that normal foot traffic from the bar around the block. How do I make this online venue work for me? How do I get fans to to see what I'm doing or or to to pick up on what's happening in my little small corner of the internet? Sure, I I'll give you a great example of some people sure. that we're friendly with uh, down in the Carolinas. Uh, they're actually a big band, believe it or not. Uh, you mm. know, that's not really most of what I I work with when it comes to music formats, but. This is a local big band. They do a lot of corporate events. They do some you know, public events as well. But mm-hmm. what they've done in this time is they have completely asked for the local communities to embrace them on a localized level mm. where they're getting sponsorships from local businesses. You know, maybe, maybe they say, you know, if we're going to go live tonight and if you want to order a pizza from this terrific pizza place in town that you all know and love – good news they're offering a discount if you mention this live stream you know and that's just that's that's on the most basic level but sure. they've used their local community who's you know they're, they're stuck at home but they're still hungry for entertainment and content and mm. they've they've allowed the community to embrace them and support them and they've been able to use their local platform you know wherever they played at small little venues in town or they did radio stuff like that they used all of it to really try to bolster what they were doing streaming and they would literally all just get together in a big ballroom and space each other out to make sure they're socially distanced. And they'd perform as if they were performing on a big stage. And, you know, as far, if you're a small DIY one-person artist, you know, maybe you don't do it exactly like that. But, you know, you, you embrace some of these people that have given you the chance at the start. Maybe it's a local coffee shop or it's sure. a, local, a local record label or a local radio station or AAA, you know, something and, and you ask them for help because they're desperately looking for new content right now. You know, there's not as much new content as there is coming out. People are hungry for something at a localized level. So that would that would be my personal recommendation to a DIY or a starting out artist or somebody with a, a more localized fan base that's still on the rise. Because, you know, as much as you want to always think globally with your career, you do have to remember where you came from and the people that helped you get there as your kind of core base 
Sure, makes makes sense. So let's go deeper into this, right? So here I am. I'm, I'm maybe starting local, right, or locally. Um, sure. And I, I want to talk very practically because my mind sometimes starts to think about details. How do I pull this off? What do I need to do? Um, what resources will I need? So let's say I am trying to to do what you're mentioning. Just kind of just start local and maybe you know engage some of the local businesses and and maybe have some kind of co opted uh, effort. How? What what should my show format look like? And I know this will be different for each artist, but meaning, am I just turning on my camera phone and just playing out in my living room? Am I playing along with a track? Do I go out to the garage? Do I go out to a park? Am I setting up lighting? Like, what? How how can this actually be pulled off to where it doesn't just doesn't look like I just turned my camera on and I just you know did something kind of haphazardly? But I'm I'm now trying to again get that engagement, maybe push some merch, maybe push some streaming and then uh, subscriptions. What should I do in terms of uh, the actual presentation? You want to make it as turnkey and accessible to fans as possible, especially if you're appealing to an older audience who may not be as technologically savvy, Mm -hmm. uh, which is really my people, (laughs) to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you really want to make this uh, one-stop solution for all of these people who you are trying to engage. If they have to go through all kinds of obstacles to just get to your stream or get to your broadcast, whatever it is you're doing, you know, you're losing, you're losing quite a bit. And the amount of, the amount of communication is paradigm. It's, it's or paramount, excuse me, is paramount to what your success level is going to be with this. You know, most, if you're, if you're talking about virtual tickets, which I can go into, Mm -hmm. I'd say a majority of sales, probably 90% even are going to come day of show. It's kind of like if you're a, if you're a fight fan like me, like a boxing fan, Mm -hmm. if you're looking at the pay-per-view models of late, uh, not, uh, probably 75 to 80% of them of the buys came on day of the fight or the night of the fight even. You know, it's mm-hmm. an impulse buy. So I'll give you a great example of somebody that we're working with that a lot of indie artists are starting to kind of embrace. Uh, back in the early 2000s, if you were a fan of the band Good Charlotte, they, uh, the two brothers in that band have recently started a great, great platform called Veeps, V-E-E-P-S. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of a spinoff of the word VIP because they originally created it as a great opportunity for artists to engage their fans on a personal level. And what it's really turned into primarily is this great service for ticketed live streamed events. Okay. All you need is a laptop, you know, mm-hmm. and ideally, you know, if you have a if you have a good microphone, if you have a sound card that you can you know, use to get into your into your you know digital audio workstation of choice, or if you don't even want to get that that complicated, mm-hmm. you just need the bare basics. If you're a at home musician, and that's where you start. That's where you start, and you go sure. live with with something like this platform where you can literally sell tickets for five dollars a piece. And Veeps keeps a, they take a fifteen percent charge on top of the ticket itself that the mm-hmm. the buyer pays, and you as the artist get to keep the rest. And if you sell if you sell a hundred streams of that, you know, at five bucks a piece and you're an at home indie artist, that's groceries for a week or two. You know, that's, that's big. Yeah. So, so for lack of a better term, I'm going to try to do play devil's advocate, right? So you have this, this, uh, this ticketing platform, you have whatever amount you want to charge. I know most of us, we want to charge a billion dollars per ticket. You know, I get that. That's how we think as musicians, because we think we're the best thing in the world. But for Mm -hmm. some of us who are a bit more measured and a bit more realistic, when I'm charging my fans, let's say it's, it's five bucks, 
how do I make it worth it? How is this different than you just looking at one of my YouTube streams? Or how is this different than you looking at some stuff I've done on IG Live? Or how do, how do I make it worth you buying a ticket? So I, I think that's really what I'm looking at in terms of I want them to buy a ticket and I want them to feel like they got something. What what advice would you would you provide in terms of just content for that that time that I would be performing? One of the things I love about Veeps, especially, and I keep going back as like I'm a <laughs> as if it was product placement, sure. is that they allow for upgraded experiences per the level of ticket you buy. So mm. let's say you're selling a five dollar ticket, but also you want to sell them a fifteen dollar ticket option where you yes, you get the ticket to the stream, but I'll also send you a free copy of my of my seven inch that I recently cut as a demo. Mm. I'm going to send you a free copy of that. And if you pay $20, I'm going to send you a free t-shirt um, or I'm not free, but I'm going to send you a t-shirt and you're giving people a level as to how much they want to support. What a lot of people are doing now, amazingly enough, is they're offering tickets at a variety of different levels and you're getting the same experience. They may even just say, you know, you can buy a $5 ticket, a $25 ticket or a $50 ticket and you'll get the mm. exact same thing. But local donors, for people that really want to support these artists and have the means to do so, it's amazing. They're finding a lot of sales of those $25 and $50 tickets and even more. Um, and that you know that obviously takes a while to build. However, when it comes to keeping it worth it, you know, something mm-hmm. that the fan really feels like they got their money's worth and that it's special to them, they're going to feel engaged. You know, the artist may say, hey, I see you, you know. Uh, music fan 101 in the comments right there. You just sure. requested this song, you got it. Or you may want to appeal to a localized type of, I don't even know, depending on where you're from. You may want to appeal to something localized like a local trend or a local fad. Or you may even want to have a special guest tune in. You know, It's hard now with COVID-19, but mm-hmm. finding finding that balance, depending on the artist you are, if you can really create something fun, if you make a game out of it, if you... Yeah. If you if you really just find if if you find a way to really stretch your brain creatively and mm-hmm. turn on your business brain, even if it's not really something you're practiced with, it's it's not as hard as it would sound to get even thirty to fifty people to come in because that's mm. a start. You have Got to start it. somewhere. You have to start with your iPhone or your your laptop, and then maybe a year later when you've been doing well with it, you buy a better microphone or you buy a nicer audio interface. Sure, it's it's a process. It's not it's not an overnight thing. It really is. Got it. So, and again, I'm, I'm going to still kind of hang around the same area. And if you sure. can just bear with me here, because I want to mm-hmm. make sure that our audience can walk away with very practical things that they can implement, research, or, you know, uh, dig further into. So let's say I have my, you know, the ticketing thing going here. You mentioned Veeps, right? And mm-hmm. I'm trying to put together my show. You mentioned having a, you know, somewhat a decent, uh, you know, audio interface, maybe a laptop to get things done. From a very practical standpoint, um, what would you recommend in terms of a set length, right? So, again, if I'm out at a bar somewhere, you know, you may have just, you know, background music playing and then someone will come up and introduce you and then you have intermission and, hey, go grab drinks and head to the bathroom, blah, blah, blah. When you have a live scenario, there's just a lot of just normal dynamics that can just make a night out really fun while watching a band. You lose a lot of that when you're sitting at home on a stream. So because, you know, folks on the Internet, when we're looking at things, you know, we're looking at very short, you know, IG posts and videos. The Internet by nature is very abbreviated. What is the recommended length for a concert to keep people engaged? 
um, but not go overboard to where you're just boring people and, you know, you look around and you only have one viewer and it's your grandma, you know, that type of thing. What is the recommended length uh, for uh, a show or a set? In the beginning, I wouldn't go more than 45 minutes to an hour if you've uh, really if you're really trying to build it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that once you have a solid fan base uh, that's tuning in even at a variety of different times in the set, because somebody may leave and then come back in 20 minutes after they've uh, been on TikTok for that 20 minutes or something quirky. You know, they may they may decide to leave, come back, check it out, leave. You're going to see a variety of different people hop in and out. And that's really been the truth for any type of streaming sport music event or other type of event it's just that it's an it's an inevitability i would say though don't don't go more than 30 to 45 minutes 45 minutes to an hour at the longest when you're first starting out but really you have to just continue to make it interactive because it's you're, you're absolutely right it's not that typical live setting where you're at a bar you're at a coffee shop and you're really having that captive audience because you know people may say with streaming it's a captive audience because people are at home but really it's not because we live in the 21st century there is a billion things on the internet that can distract you or something may pop up on your Facebook if you're streaming right. on Facebook Live that says, oh, I want to look at that now. And then you may forget that that person was live. But I've seen people get really, really innovative with how they're doing it. I, I saw one guy a few weeks ago where he had pre-recorded uh, a, uh, a broadcaster from the local news saying, like, hey, everybody, listen to this. And, you know, I'm, I'm pleased to introduce to you all. And, and the broadcaster promoted it on his Facebook and it's mm. just very little things, and it, it's pre-recorded. You don't have to worry about the guy showing up on time. You don't have to worry about audio latency when he's trying to phone it in. Sure. Yeah, it, it, there's there's a lot of things you can really do, but keeping people engaged, I, I wish I had a very clear and concrete answer for you, but yep. it's really dependent on, on who you are and what your ability is. And you know what? If it's not for you, you may need to go back to the drawing board. But I think sure. um, I think for a lot of people... You don't want to test people's attention span, especially if you're talking about millennials and people like me who just are so inundated with stuff all day. You just you don't really want to try people's patience too much. But at the end of the day, I always say if your grandma's supporting you, then you're doing something right in life. Yeah, exactly. I love my grandma. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. So you brought up something that uh, I think that most of us are very interested in. Every time I'm on online forums or I'm talking to other musicians or creators, um, the, the, the idea of promotion is always this thing that we're searching for and trying to figure out. So Again, let's assume that I have my show figured out, I have the length figured out, I have the platform, I have the ticketing system, all of that. How am I promoting it? How am I getting the word out? What have you seen from your artists? If you don't have the base yourself, you should partner with somebody that does. Uh, Mm. One thing I'll give you a great example of that we're trying to do is one of the things we're looking to do with Veeps or any of these platforms that we're working with is we want to encourage venues and promoters around the world to get involved so that it can benefit them as well. Because they're going to be looking for ways, if they're not allowed to open in the fall maybe, if they're not allowed to open in August or September and they still want to have some sort of money coming in to keep their people employed, partner with an artist because you're using your, they're using their promotional base, their mailing lists, their whatever they have as, a, as an outreach. They're using that to promote your show and you're using it to promote them so you're mm-hmm. benefiting a local venue in the process, and you're also benefiting yourself. And another great thing is to align with a charitable organization because they'll promote it like crazy. You know, mm-hmm. they'll really promote it and try to get the word out because they're going to want donations. You know, it's 
if, if you can co-promote it, if you will, I hate to use that word for something like this, but it really mm-hmm. does apply. You're, if, you can, if you can do a co-pro with an organization, whether it's a venue or it's a service organization or something like that, you can really get creative with it. You know, we're doing a, uh, one of my artists is going on tour in November. They're going to be going out to the UK and they're going to be going out to France and mm-hmm. Finland and places like that. And we don't know if the tour is going to even happen, but what we're starting to do is they're saying, you know, if we have to get creative with this, mm-hmm. you know, if, if we have to postpone it and even cancel it outright, we still want to find a way of doing this where we can keep the fans engaged and maybe the artist comes to the venue and we sell a hundred seats, you know, and it's a thousand seat venue, maybe, um, you know, a thousand seat performing arts center in Helsinki, they can only sell hundred or 200 seats and they say, but let's make the other 800 seats virtual seats. And mm-hmm. you sell them for, uh, for ten pa- or $10, whatever the currency may be. Yep. And the actual physical seats are sold to the local sponsors and the local bigwigs or whatever. And it's a hybrid. And that's really what I'm, I'm predicting is going to happen with a lot of the bigger parts of the industry. Mm-hmm. And that's just a quirky way of doing it. You're partnering sure. with somebody who's if you're able to partner with somebody who can make it just as beneficial to them as it would be to you, the artist, mm-hmm. you're really in good shape. You know, you, you really have to drop any fear of rejection right now because everybody wants to talk. Everybody wants to collaborate. You'd be amazed at how many local businesses, local venues, local anything are open to various partnerships that you never would have imagined possible right. before. Okay. So now, based off of what you just mentioned, just about everything here, I want to take the next step here uh, in terms of what people may be thinking out there. Some of us uh, in our audience, they're hearing what you're saying, thinking it's great information, sounds amazing. There's these platforms, there's these uh, you know, collaborations that can happen and, and co-opting. But for some of us, I'm sure all of this feels like we're getting a brain freeze and it's just mm-hmm. too much and we don't know. We know, we are hearing what we should do, but we just feel like we don't know where to start and it feels mm-hmm. overwhelming and it's not a muscle that we have. How do I get someone to help me with this? Is this something that an agent will take care of or let's say I just, again, I just want to create music. I don't want to figure out platforms. I don't want to figure out marketing. I don't want to figure out relationships. Who can help me if I just don't know what to do? The blunt reality of uh, the modern era of music and industry is Mm -hmm. that you can't really afford to think like I just want to make music unless you are lucky enough to have people from the get-go who are supporting you as your team. If you Mm -hmm. have that, it's tremendous. you know. And if you have people that are dedicated to it on a career-like level, you're very, very fortunate and you should embrace that. However, if you're a modern musician and you're just starting out, it's almost impossible with the level of competition out there and the level of bedroom producers out there. Mm. It's impossible, I'd say, to not have to develop some kind of a business mindset to your music. Mm. Whether you want to, you know, be a total, uh, you know, boss about it, that's really up to you. But at the very least, if you're if you don't have an aligned team with you of, uh, an, you know, an agent. An agent is really what you make it. If you give an agent a lot to work with, you know they're going to do what they can with it. But if you just say, you know what, book me, I'll create what I can. Your agent's going to be not a great agent. I'll tell you mm. from firsthand experience for artists that have we've really been excited about, we've signed them, and a year into it, they're saying, "Where's all my shows?" And we'll say, well, "Where's all our content? Where's all our fan engagement?" You mm. know, and it's it's a 
an, an agent is really uh, the greatest example of what we do in our career is the artist is in the driver's seat, the manager is in the is riding shotgun, and the manager or the excuse me the agent, the publicist, and the attorney are sitting in the back seat. Mm, okay. We're we're not the drivers here. Um, so the I, I really I really uh, think it's a harsh reality for a lot of people, and I hate to be blunt about it, but the truth is is you can't afford in 2020 and going into 2021 in an era of at-home content where your kids are starting to say, mommy and daddy, I want to be an influencer when I grow up. Right. You can't afford to, uh, which scares which scares me like crazy, by the way. Uh, you can't yeah. afford to say, somebody will do this for me. You, mm. have to, you have to be creative. And then if somebody notices you, great, but you can't even bank on that, I'd say, like you could 20 years ago. Right. Okay. Awesome. Well, cool, man. Well, hey, I think we've uh, gotten through quite a bit of uh, insight and, and, and knowledge from you today. Um, and because you've come on here out of, you know, making schedule, making time free in your incredibly busy schedule, I just wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, I give you a chance to to maybe uh, share with our audience a bit more about you, about by Coastal Productions and, you know, you know, your thoughts about, um, you know, what you're seeing right now and imparting advice for, for our audience. So most certainly, please, um, Jack, just, just uh, enlighten us about, you know, what you guys do just to, to, again, bring more credence to the things that we've heard today for our audience. Sure. Uh, my background is I'm from, I'm from a small town in Wisconsin outside of Milwaukee. I went to college at Columbia College in Chicago for arts, entertainment, and media management. Mm-hmm. And my first foray into this business was I interned at some record labels in college, uh, I fought for an internship at the Windish Agency and got it and wrote it out for two terms. And I was recruited right out of college to ICM Partners here in New York, working in the urban hip-hop and R&B department. Uh, loved that music, loved the people. I just uh, wasn't really a great fit for me at the time. And then shortly afterwards, I found my current company by Coastal Productions, and I've been with them for about six years now. And we represent a wide variety of artists uh, on a very personal, hands-on level. We work heavily with performing arts centers and not-for-profits, but also with casinos, festivals, international events and venues, uh, various promoters all around the world. And Mm -hmm. our roster includes a wide variety of different artists, whether it's classic rock, modern pop, theatrical, dance, spectacle, it's really you name it. Comedy is something we're getting very, very Hmm. into nowadays. And, um, you know, my, my clients are the healthiest mix I'd say of anybody. And we really love having it that way. We love having a roster that is something for everybody. And, you know, the biggest piece of advice I can impart on to anybody in this business is the only wall you're up against is the one you're putting up yourself. Hmm. You know, we talked earlier about the path of the independent artist who is looking for help or is looking to break through to the next level, whatever it may be. You know, you can't always go for the home run. You know, that's something my my dad's talked to me about, you know, growing up and and recently even. You can't always go for the home run. You have to try to, you know, maybe get on base first, you know, hit a couple of singles and doubles before you really go for the home run. Right. And if you're afraid to approach anybody, you either need to find somebody who can or you need to be really lucky because you really, you really can't put up these barriers or else you're going to live your life with a lot of what if and regret. I know for me, I, I, I just I told myself, I'm not afraid of any of these people. I don't care how big they are. I don't care where they're from, who they represent. Mm. Why, why not me? Why shouldn't I be allowed to pick up the phone, get these people on, 
go right. see them at their office, get through to them on an email. And that's what I did. And you know what? It, it took a few tries, but I, I always have held this belief of why not Jack? Why not Jack Foreman? Not to get too egotistical, but really why sure. not me with, with what I have to offer? Why not my roster of artists? Why not my agents? And, um, you know, it's allowed us to grow, you know, having that mentality from mm-hmm. the people that have owned the company and the people I work with and the artists we're blessed to have. Having that mentality is what allows success in any line of work and in music. You, you have to be out there. You know, once this crisis eases up mm. and once it's safe, you just be out there. Be with the people. Go where the right. fish are swimming. And everything else is, is organic. Everything else is important to just be yourself in this. Really be, be you or everybody's going to see right through it. So right. I guess that's, that's what I can impart, if anything at cool. all. Yeah, man, that that is absolute phenomenal, phenomenal advice. And I do appreciate that. Uh, And again, you are echoing uh, a lot of sentiments that uh, some of the folks that I've spoken with over uh, in over the time over time uh, from the industry, they have mentioned. And so most certainly you're dead on. So for those of us who are in the audience, please take Jack's uh, insight and wisdom as absolute Fact. Jack, one more thing here. You mentioned that you do have a client base. We happen to have a lot of folks in our audience from various uh, walks uh, in in the music world. Clients, uh, for those who may be interested in working with you, who should get a hold of you? Should people reach out to you um, if they are at a certain level? Uh, Anybody can reach out. Uh, I I try to answer everybody I can. It's Mm -hmm. it's impossible to get back to everybody, but I really do try to be responsive, even if it's a simple thank you, just not at this time type of email. Um, yeah. we, we, like any agency, we reject more than we accept, especially right now where we're, we're trying to keep our roster tight so that we can best serve our current clients. Mm-hmm. If you, if you're interested in reaching out, I'd love to hear from you, but please do take a look at our client roster and see the types of things we're representing. And if it's, if it's something where you feel you're aligned with, I, I welcome you to get in touch and, if it's something we like, we'll we'll get back to you. But if it's something that's a little bit far off from us, it may not be the it may not be the right fit. And that's mm-hmm. usually what the situation is. There's a lot of talented people out there, and we want to be able to serve everybody as best we can. So, um, you know, our 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 uh, general submissions inbox is talented by Coastal Productions. Your emails will get read, and uh, hopefully, you will get responded to. I just can't promise you that right now, um, but we welcome it. We really do. Sweet. And and one more time, how do we get a hold of you? Uh, talent at Bicoastal Productions for submissions. If you just want to talk or ever, uh, you know, bounce some ideas, I, I do welcome emails. Again, I'll, I'll respond to whatever I can with all the emails that do come in. Um, you can reach me at jack at bicoastalproductions.com. Check out our company at bicoastalproductions.com with an S. And... You know, we look forward to keeping in touch with anybody as things change. And if anybody has any interesting ideas of how how artists can further reach their audiences and survive this crisis, I'm completely all ears. Awesome. Awesome. Well, great. Hey, man, I appreciate your time today. And for for those of you who are listening to this uh, podcast today, we will put uh, Jack's information in the show notes. So if you want to reach out do some homework, make sure you follow his instructions. Just don't 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 throw up a, a half court ball here. Make sure you read through the information, look at the roster, look at what they're doing and make sure you're coming to the table with something to offer and not just with your hand with your hands out. Um, but with that, Jack, 
thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. Again, we encourage everyone to go check out by Coastal Productions with an S dot com by Coastal Productions dot com. And again, today we have been speaking with Jack Foreman, the executive vice president of by Coastal Productions. Jack. Hey, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me. Stay well and I look forward to seeing you in person next time. Absolutely. Take care. All right, guys, we are at the end of the show. Um, We have a few more things to cover here, but I just want to shout out Jack again. Phenomenal job, man. And for those of you who would like to see information regarding Jack, please go to the show notes page. Again, you're listening to episode 61. So go to successwithmusic.com, search in the um, podcast archives, find those links uh, to get back to following Jack and learning more about his company. And final thing on the show today, uh, I would be remiss in not mentioning something that's very obvious in our country. For those of you who are listening to the show, I don't know if you know this or not, especially if those of you who are longtime listeners, I happen to be an African-American male. And I'm, of course, living in the U.S. being African-American. Um, among COVID and Corona, all this kind of silliness, the, the things that you've seen on the news, especially if you're not in this country, they're real. They're not made up. They're not fabrications of, uh, you know, a few people. The, the plight of discrimination, systemic issues, these things are absolutely real. I've witnessed them. I've experienced them. Um, and I don't want to go deeper into that, but I'm, I'm telling you that this particular thing is a real deal. And it actually dictates how people in corporate America, how people in business, how people in law enforcement, how people in government wind up treating others. And in this case, we're talking about black people, black lives matter. So my encouragement to you, especially if you're not not a minority, my encouragement to you, if you can, try to be empathetic, try to put yourself in the shoes of those who are experiencing this pain. Um, Try to actually listen to what you're being told. It's easy to come to an argument having your own opinion. I get that. But until you can see through the lens of those who are actually experiencing the thing, you don't have a right to comment on something if you do not have that vantage point. And and, and I'll take it a step further. And for those of you who've been listening for a while, you know that I'm a Christian and I believe in Christian principles and values. This is a key tenet in Christianity, defending the weak defending those who are most vulnerable to uh, the, the, the elements of society, the negative elements of society. If we are not defending those who are in the minority or those who are at a disadvantage, even socially, how is that Christianity? It's not. So my encouragement for you guys is to simply be empathetic, try to listen, and in my opinion, you are now starting to operate in love. Yo, it's your boy. This is Success With Music. And I'm hoping that you will subscribe to this podcast and make sure you check us on the next episode. Be good. $10 a gas won't fill the tank, no. This just gets old. I know there's gotta be a better way for me in this life than in my dreams.